Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. Let's talk about the missing mother of two, Andrea Canable. And I did look up how to say it. It is Canable. Her family says Canable, so I would assume that they know how to pronounce their own last name. Now, I'm going to preface this by letting you know that there is a four-part documentary on this case by the Investigation Discovery Network. It's available on Prime if you're interested. Unfortunately, I have not been able to watch it as hard as I tried to because I'm living in Japan and they won't even allow me to pay to watch it. So you're going to have to watch it and let me know how it is. The date is August 12, 2019. Andrea Knable is a 37-year-old woman completely down on her luck. She had recently been laid off from her job where she worked as an analyst for Humana, and as a result, she lost her income. Her car had also recently been totaled in a hit-and-run accident, and it seemed like it was just one big blow after another. Andrea was a mother of two, but during this time, she didn't have full custody of either of her children because of everything that was going on in her life. She was just really struggling, and as much as her family really did try to help her to get on her feet or to find some mental health assistance, Andrea was the independent type of a woman who was too proud to take anything that she felt might be charity. She really just wanted to do it all on her own. 
While she was trying to work through things, she had been staying with different family members and a few different friends, hopping from place to place so as to not be a bother to anyone. Now on this evening, August 12th, Andrea was going to be spending the night at her mother's home in Audubon Park, which is a neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky. Now around 9 p.m., Andrea, along with her sister Sarah's fiancé, Ethan Bates, and Andrea's nephew, who had also been living at the mother's house, they decided to all head over to the local McDonald's for a bite to eat. I mean, it's kind of strange. I don't know, maybe the sister wasn't feeling well, but it was Andrea, her sister's fiancé, and her nephew. At around 10 p.m., Andrea asks Ethan if he could drop her off at the hospital. They leave McDonald's and drive to the hospital where Andrea receives treatment for an infection that she had on her face. She spent about an hour and a half there. Ethan didn't wait for her, so after she received her treatment, she took a lift back to her mother's home. Her mother wasn't actually living in this home at the time. It was being renovated by Ethan and Sarah. And so Andrea's sister, Sarah, Sarah's fiance, Ethan, and Sarah's son were all staying there at the time. And Andrea was spending time there as well while she was bouncing around. Now, on this particular night, Andrea's two sons were staying with their father, so they were not staying at the home that evening, which is a good thing because Andrea and her sister ended up getting into a fight, and the situation became so toxic that around midnight, Andrea walked over a mile to get to her other sister's home. This sister, her name is Erin. Now, when she arrived at Aaron's, she was really upset and frustrated over the argument, and she just wanted to vent about it. So, Aaron invited Andrea inside, and the two chatted for a short while, but Andrea was really riled up about the whole thing. Now, Aaron's upstairs of the house, it was under construction due to some busted pipes, so she and her children were all sleeping on the bottom floor of the home. With Andrea still flustered and Aaron needing to get her kids to bed, Aaron suggested that Andrea go back home and just sleep the whole thing off. According to Aaron, she said, We didn't argue. I told her I was tired and had to work the next day and my kids were sleeping and so she should go home and rest. Aaron had a friend watch her children while she drove Andrea to their mother's house. Then Aaron drove back home, fell asleep for a short while until she was awoken by Andrea once again knocking at her door. This time, Andrea was asking if she could stay the night, but Erin again said that she should just go home, get some rest, and she would feel better about things in the morning. This time, Andrea walked back to her mother's house, and it has been confirmed that she did make it back there just before 2 a.m. Unfortunately, the door was locked, and so she couldn't get into the house. Text messages from her phone would be recovered, showing that she asked a friend for a ride at around 1.30 a.m., and then she attempted to FaceTime another friend at 2.12 a.m., but that person was sleeping and they missed the call. These messages would be sent from outside of her mother's home, as it's not believed that she was ever able to actually get into the house. It doesn't appear that she was ever picked up by the friend that she had messaged as her phone would ping from her mother's home two more times before it was either turned off or the battery just was drained to dead. It pinged once at 3.53 a.m. and again at 6.31 a.m., all in the vicinity of the mother's home, but she has never been seen again. 
So that's the timeline of events from the early morning that Andrea disappeared, but let's take a step back and talk about who she was or what was known about her before she disappeared. Because as it turns out, Andrea had a bit of a secret life that no one, including her closest friends and family, knew about. Andrea was the oldest of three daughters. As I mentioned, her sisters were Erin and Sarah Knabel. She grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, where she obtained a marketing degree from the University of Louisville. In her younger years, she was actually really ambitious. She was high-functioning. She had a great life. She had these two boys that she absolutely loved, and her life was just, it was looking up. We talked about some of the difficulties that she was going through at the time of her disappearance, and make no mistake, things were really rough. She had those two sons who were six and eight years old by two different men, and she absolutely loved both of her boys. However, because of her circumstances, they were staying with their fathers. Still, during the day, Andrea would go and pick them up to spend as much time with them as she could. Even this was difficult, because just a few months before her disappearance, her car was totaled. She had broken down on the side of the road in January, and she had to abandon the vehicle with her two sons on foot. When she went back to retrieve her car the following day, she found it totaled, likely hit by a snowplow, but it was a complete write-off. Without her own vehicle to get around, she really struggled to get from place to place, and she heavily relied on her family to help her get around. At one point, Andrea had even started a GoFundMe page to try and raise money to purchase a new vehicle, but she didn't get enough from it to be able to get a new set of wheels. Shortly before her disappearance, she had been living with a long-term boyfriend, but it was a really toxic relationship, and recently he had kicked her out on the street, so now she was living with family and bouncing around between her friends' houses. Her main place of residence was at her mother's house. However, like I mentioned, her mother wasn't actually living there, so Andrea was living there with her sister Sarah, Sarah's fiancé, Ethan, and Sarah's son. It was sometimes a very strained living situation. With Andrea so down on her luck and struggling with her mental health, she began hanging out with some unsavory characters that would steal from her and just show up at the house sometimes completely strung out. Sarah didn't want these people around the home, especially with her child living there, and so this caused a lot of friction and arguments between the sisters. One of the more interesting parts of Andrea's life is that she was an active member of an organization called Missing in America, which is a volunteer group of women that help search for missing people. This meant that Andrea had to sometimes communicate with criminals and perhaps some other unsavory characters to try to get information regarding the whereabouts of missing people. The Missing in America organization appears to be fairly small. It was actually quite difficult to find any information about them, but they do have a Facebook page that's set up and it has over 20,000 likes. But I imagine it has grown quite a bit since Andrea's disappearance. From what I can tell, they don't appear to have a website, but please correct me if I'm wrong if you're able to find one. 
The Facebook page shares information regarding missing adults and children, and of course, it highlights information about Andrea, but it's unclear to me exactly what they do to help find the missing. The page does say that they assist law enforcement with these missing people's cases and that they have several groups across the country that volunteer their time. Missing in America was founded by a woman named Nancy Schaefer who left her accounting job to pursue this. It was her passion and she seems pretty dedicated to the organization. One article I read said that she has invested hundreds of thousands of dollars of her own money to assist in these investigations, to the point where she was even evicted from her apartment for not being able to pay rent. I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough, especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages. So once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right, 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. According to a video that was posted to the Facebook page featuring Nancy, Andrea was part of a search where they located a teen who disappeared, and she spent lots of time on other missing persons cases. So, Andrea was an active member of this organization, which is a cruel twist of fate, seeing as how she just would vanish one day. And since she disappeared, volunteers from Missing in America have traveled to Kentucky from all over the United States to assist with the search of Andrea, but unfortunately, they've had very little success. 
Now, let's talk about the investigation. So sadly, there wasn't any video footage of Andrea from that early morning at her mother's house, so she wasn't actually seen walking around or leaving the area. There were surveillance cameras set up at various businesses in the area, but none of them were active at the time, so the police really only had her phone records to track her location and her movement from that evening to the early morning. Now, later in the day, on August 13th, Andrea's sister Erin woke up and sent her a text message to see how she was feeling from the events that happened the night before, but she received no response from Andrea. It wasn't completely untypical for Andrea to just sort of take off and do her own thing, maybe go visit with other friends, and maybe just become so busy that she wouldn't respond to messages immediately. But after a few days, her family noticed that her phone seemed to be turned off. All of the calls were going straight to voicemail, and no one had heard from her. None of her close friends had seen her, which was just not typical of Andrea. She would never go away or be unreachable by anyone for so long. So on August 17th, after no sightings of Andrea, not from any of her family or her close friends, her sister Erin filed a missing persons report. Police were able to track most of her movement just through her cell phone, noting that she was likely in the vicinity of her mother's home until just after 6 a.m. when her phone was turned off for good. But they had no idea what she was doing in the area or what she was planning, only that she was there, or at least her phone was there. Again, there were no actual sightings of her. The last time anyone actually saw her was her sister Erin when she had knocked on her door and Erin had sent her back home. When Andrea arrived back at her mother's home, her sister Sarah and fiancé Ethan claimed that they were already in bed sleeping and they didn't hear her at the door. With this information, police started their search in the area around the mother's house, looking for any clues as to where she may be or what may have happened to her. They even used dogs to try to get a scent. They talked to everybody in the area to see if anyone had seen her, and there was basically nothing. A search warrant was also executed at the mother's home, but nothing suspicious turned up there either, and Andrea's phone was not located at the residence, which means she likely never made it into the home. And of course, if you're anything like me, I'm sure your initial thought is, well, what did sister Sarah and fiancé Ethan really have to say happened that night? Because it sounds suspicious that they just didn't hear her at the door, especially after this huge fight that they had. Police did interview the pair, and they cleared them as suspects, suggesting that there was no evidence to connect them to Andrea's disappearance. Now, Andrea's family has felt like the police investigation into her disappearance has been kind of lacking, so they've been working very closely with a private investigator named Tracy Leonard, and Tracy Leonard was actually familiar with Andrea. The two had a connection through her work at Missing America. He, along with Andrea's father Mike and sister Erin, have worked tirelessly to try to figure out what happened to her, and they've uncovered a few things, things that kind of changed the narrative of who Andrea was as a person. She had several different faces, we'll say, different lives and different personas. She was, of course, to most people she knew, a devoted mother of two, 
but other people did know that she was a woman who was struggling with addiction, struggling with poverty, and she had some terrible people around her in her life. During Tracy Leonard's investigation into some of these sketchy people that Andrea may have been affiliated with, there was a fire at his office and it burned to the ground. Tracy Leonard seems to believe that it may be connected with Andrea's investigation, although I've also read reports that it was a simple electrical fire, but either way, I thought I would note it because it's just something interesting to know in this case. I've talked about this in other missing persons cases I've covered, but until there is a body found or evidence of criminal activity, a criminal investigation cannot be launched, and that hugely hinders an investigation. The effort, the time, the resources for investigating a homicide versus investigating the disappearance of a missing adult woman greatly varies especially when we're talking about a missing woman with addiction and a transient lifestyle. And I'm not saying this as an insult, because I fully believe that something horrible likely has happened to her and that we need more resources dedicated to finding her. I'm just saying that there are avenues that haven't been explored because this is not being investigated as a criminal case. One theory that police have is that Andrea decided to just run away and leave her life behind, leave all of those problems behind that she was dealing with, but her family doesn't think that she would ever do that to her two boys. Despite the problems that she was facing, she was still very much a loving and active mother. Combine that with the fact that there has been no activity at her financial institution, I think it's pretty fair to say that there's a good chance foul play has happened and it's not so easy to just like run away and disappear off the face of the earth and start a new life. Like you can't just do that. It's not like she went to her bank and withdrew all of her money and so she had this massive amount of cash to just start over. It just doesn't happen that way. So if Andrea didn't run away on her own accord, what could have happened to her? Well, we really don't know. There have been a few different sightings over the last few years, but nothing has been confirmed. So people have said that they think they saw her, but it's never actually been confirmed that it's been Andrea. But I mean, yes, it is possible that she's still alive and that these folks have seen her. But is she okay? Is she free to reach out to her family? It doesn't appear so. Much of the public speculation revolves around Andrea's sister, Sarah, and her fiancé, Ethan. So let's talk about that theory for just a minute. Now, according to that documentary I talked about, the series Finding Andrea, Ethan was suspected of cheating on Sarah with Andrea. This is alleged in the show, but of course, I haven't found anything to confirm this, so I can't say for sure if this is true or not. But their neighbor, who was living beside them at the time, did say that there was just constant fighting coming from the home, yelling and screaming happening over at the house, and that this was not the first time that Andrea had been locked out of the house. Also, according to the private investigator, Ethan deleted all of Andrea's data from his phone the night that she vanished, which of course is kind of suspicious. But again, there was nothing found at the house or nothing that the police learned during their interviews to suggest to the police that they had anything to do with her disappearance. 
Another very common theory is that Andrea got caught up with the wrong crowd. It was discovered that she had multiple Facebook accounts, and she had many relationships with violent criminals and drug addicts, and Andrea even had a drug addiction herself. As mentioned, it was documented that Andrea went to the hospital that night for a skin infection on her face. If you look at photos of her, she was an absolutely beautiful young woman, but it's apparent that drugs have taken a harsh toll over time, and it's pretty clear that she did begin to struggle with substance abuse. This was one of the more prominent theories featured in the Dr. Phil episode that talked about Andrea's disappearance. Her family had the opportunity to go on Dr. Phil, but it didn't quite turn out how they had hoped. Andrea's family felt like the show did more harm than good and that they had victim shamed her. They didn't focus on Andrea as a human being. Instead, they focused on her shortcomings and the bad people in her life. Even from Andrea's phone records, it's apparent that she was trying to hitch a ride and get the heck out of there. So did someone she know actually go to pick her up? Or perhaps she was outside in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe someone was watching her and took the opportunity to abduct her or lured her into the car and took off with her. One thing I do want to note is that there's been a ton of public scrutiny of the family, especially sister Erin, because she was the last one to see her sister and people are very judgmental about the fact that she sent her home in the middle of the night. Now, I have absolutely no judgment to pass on. Andrea was an addict. Erin has babies at home who were trying to sleep, and she also had to work early in the morning. Of course, we always want the best for people, especially the ones we love, like a sister, but it can become tiresome, and you can't predict, you can't know when will be the last time you see someone. There's absolutely no way that Erin would have known that this was going to happen if she sent her sister away. I'm sure the guilt that she carries around is far harsher than the comments that the public may throw at her. But still, it's important to remember to be kind. Erin is still a very, very active member of this investigation. She has worked her ass off tirelessly to try to get answers regarding her sister. So when you're online, when you're looking for information, when you're commenting on things, it's always important to just make sure you understand and know who will be reading this stuff. Erin actually shares a birthday with Andrea. The pair were born three years apart on the same day, on January 7th. So just last week, Erin spent their birthday weekend searching for her sister. And the thought of that just really breaks my heart. Her family hopes that she's still alive and well, but ultimately they just want to find her and bring her home. Andrea is described as approximately 5 feet 7 inches tall. She weighs around 190 pounds and she has light brown hair. She was last seen wearing a light-colored tank top, white shorts, and light-colored Nike shoes. And there is also a $5,000 cash reward being offered for any information leading to her whereabouts. People don't just vanish into thin air. Someone knows something. And so I'd like to redirect you to the Finding Andrea Facebook page where you can find all of the latest details on the investigation. Actually, just before recording this, I saw a post from Erin saying that they are currently following up in a really solid lead. So who knows? We may have answers sooner than we think. 
I'll also post some items over my Patreon page that I found during my research and just things that I found interesting. Check that out and make sure if you're able to go watch the Finding Andrea documentary and let me know how it is. I've heard that it's, mm, I guess, sensationalized a bit, but there may be some key info snacks in there that could help determine what the hell happened. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're on Twitter, you can check me out at Serial underscore Napper, and I also post things over on TikTok. Serial Napper Nick, and that's all one word. If you're following me on YouTube, I'd love if you can give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.